0: Good morning Grace Church. Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? It's good to be here. Sorry I didn't bring sunshine with me this weekend, but you're going to have to come down to see Nancy now if you want some sunshine. But anyway, it's good to be back this morning. Looking forward to sharing uh, my heart with you this morning, God's Word with you this morning. My prayers is that you will have, uh, that you do have open ears and receptive hearts as the Holy Spirit has a, a message that I believe is a now message for, uh, particularly for Grace Church, but of course it, it extends out to the kingdom of God as well, it can be very applicable to, to, uh, to our lives personally and to, to all people. And so I want to invite you to receive what God has in store for us today. Is that okay? Can we take a moment and welcome our online audience as they're also tuning in this morning? I want to thank you for tuning in with us this morning. This word is for you as well. And so we will go ahead and dive right into the word. And I believe that'll be the best thing we can do for us today, for you and for me as well. So praise God. I'm gonna, today's message is called Generations. I was very creative with the title. I just piggybacked on, on Pastor Vern's title from last week. I said, you know what? That'll work for a title for me this week as well. And, of course, the graphics department said that works for us. We don't have to create any new graphics. So it, but it really it does dovetail in, into it, as Pastor Vern has did an excellent job on, on ministering on the importance of honoring and empowering the generations. Today I want to uh, dovetail into that. And I really want to uh, be speaking on, on the, I, my, my, my intent today is to give definition to what we have been experiencing here at Grace Church, especially since 2020, when I first publicly shared that uh, we are working on a succession plan uh, with 20. 20- 24 being the target date. I don't know how many of you remember that first Sunday in January of 2020. I, I, we did a message, and it was titled Vision 2024. And I thought it was pretty creative because a lot of people thought it was a typo. Wait a minute. It's not 2024. It's 2020. But anyway, it was a message called uh, Vision 2024. And that's when we first shared that, uh, there's, in, that there's been a, a work taking place uh, behind the scenes on a succession plan with that target date of 2024. And so, here we are almost at 2024, and I want to just uh, been, been pondering on what all has happened since that initial date and when that announcement was made and where we are at today. So, giving definition to what we've experienced. And so, we've all experienced it together, and sometimes it's just good to review, okay, this is exactly uh, when this started, and this is what happened in between then, and, and, and here's where we are today, and this is where we want to be tomorrow. And so, let's go ahead and Recognize and acknowledge that first and foremost, that uh, if you look throughout biblical history and you just look out uh, throughout natural history as well, but especially in biblical history, God has appointed and anointed leaders to rise up for his purposes and to point the way for his people. And we see in the word of God successions taking place. So some of the more familiar ones would be Moses to Joshua. And then we have uh, King David to his son Solomon. We have the one from uh, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, to Elisha. And so those are all in the Word of God, those uh, succession plans that had taken place. Then we also see in the New Testament where Jesus came and he gave leadership gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, and the teacher. And the reason for the uh, ministry gifts to the church were to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry. So successions are, are very real, and yes, Jesus has given gifts to the church, but you need to recognize, we all need to recognize, that even though Jesus gives gifts to the church, we as his gifts to the church, we have a shelf life. And just like when you go to the grocery store, you look for the date, best if used by date. All right? I have a shelf life. And it's best if I'm used by a particular date. And so, uh, so that's, that's what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about the succession and how we can uh, really embrace what God is doing. So let's begin by looking at one of the illustrations in the Word of God. I'm going to use uh, Moses to Joshua. And uh, one of the illustrations there is found in the book of Numbers in ch- uh, chapter 27. I'll begin reading at verse 12. Uh, the Subtitle here is uh, Joshua is Chosen to Lead Israel. But it's, a, it's an interesting story because it begins in verse 12. It says, One day the Lord said to Moses, Climb one of the mountains east of the river and look out over the land I have given the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you will die like your brother Aaron. That's pretty encouraging, is it not? <laughs> like I said, we have a shelf life, Right. Uh, for, for you both rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zin. When the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters. These are the waters of Meribah at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. So Moses received this word from the Lord, recognizing that, yes, he does have a shelf life. He has an expiration date. And before that happens, there's some things that need to be taking place. Now, I'm not being morbid about myself. I did not get a word from God that, you know, I only have X amount of years left. I believe I have some good years left, some good decades left. So anyway, uh, verse 15, then Moses said to the Lord... Oh, Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man. We say new man? Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone. here he prays for a, a particular, not just a new man, but someone with a particular heart and some qualities about this person. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Sounds like the heart of Jesus, does it not? He was also concerned that, his, that God's people would not be like sheep without a shepherd. So in verse 18, the Lord replied, he says, take Joshua. Didn't take God long to answer Moses. He said, take, take Joshua, he's your man, the son of Nun, who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. Present him to Elizar the priest before the whole community and publicly commission him to lead the people. The, the, the public commissioning, to Pastor Vern and Alicia. It's going to take place on Sunday, December 10th. So if you want to mark that date in your calendar. On Saturday, December 9th, we're having a celebration party of 40 years and a transition party, whatever you want to call it. And then on Sunday morning, December 10th, the, the, the commissioning service will take place and Pastor Vern will become the, the president, pastor, president of Grace Church. Amen. amen. All the people said Amen. amen. All right. <laughs> Praise God. In verse 20, it says, transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Elizar, the priest, who will use the urn, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord to determine His will. Today, we don't do that. We have the Holy Spirit, and Pastor Vern is very much has a very good relationship with the Holy Spirit, pursuing uh, his voice and his leading. And so uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will determine everything they should do. So Moses, verse 22, Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Elijah the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses. And so I, I find it very interesting that Moses prayed, God answered his prayer and said, Joshua is your man. Then he instructed him how, to, how this uh, succession is to take place, and, to, and it's to take place publicly. When you get into the, uh, Joshua chapter 1, this is now Moses, Moses uh, had, is, had died, and then the Lord spoke to Joshua personally, and he, he personally received the commission. In verse 1 it says after the death of Moses the Lord's servant the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun Moses' assistant he said Moses my servant is dead therefore the time has come for you to lead these people the Israelites across the Jordan into the land that I am giving them I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given them. And then he talks gives and them, gives them the perimeters of, of that area. And then in verse six, he, he reminds, he, he encourages Joshua: Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I will give them. Be strong and be very courageous. And continues to tell him to meditate on the word day and night, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Encourage. You to read it for yourself. But then in verse, uh, we jump down to verse 10, we have the recording here of Joshua. How he, re- this is God, the first couple of verses is God speaking to Joshua. Then in verse 10, it's Joshua receiving the charge, the commission from God, and he gives the charge to the, to the Israelites and, and particularly to the officers of Israel, and he gives them, gives them instruction. Verse 10 commanded the officers of Israel, said go through the camp, tell the people to get their, their provisions ready. In three days you'll cross this Jordan River and take possessions and find the Lord your that you find the Lord your God has given you. And Joshua called together the tribes, he called them all together, and he gave and forwarded these instructions to them that they're to be ready. And in verse 16, they answered, the people answered Joshua. Says, said, we will do whatever you command us. You like that, Pastor Vern? Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah. All right. Convince me that you like it. <laughs> so we will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. Sounds like a great promise. <laughs> and, may the, <laughs> and may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18, anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything, you com- and, and everything you command will be put to death. Now, our succession plan is almost done. Everything has been approved. We're still at the next board meeting. We're going to vote on whether we're going to incorporate verse 18 or not. So <laughs> We're not quite sure yet. Do we want to put that in there that if you don't obey Pastor Vern? Your shelf life has come to an end. (laughs) Now we're not going to put that in there. We don't believe that's necessary for us today. We have the love of God and the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing us. So that you you can relax. And please know that verse 18 is not in the succession plan here at Grace Church. But one I want to share with you this morning is uh, some uh, things that I have gleaned over the last couple of years and especially have a purpose to just really dig into and, and, and look at what some other ministries have been doing when it came to uh, uh, when, uh, watching their succession plans. Pastor Sam Smoker at the Worship Center had gone through this, I think about seven or eight years, ago, exactly how long ago it's been, but really just watching what, what, what they've done at the worship center and, and getting some information from them. And Pastor Sam was gracious and gave me a whole packet of all the information that they had compiled and the resources they had compiled from various ministries. And also uh, Dan Ryland from 12 Stone Church in, in Georgia. They had just uh, recently gone through a, a succession plan, and, and he, he puts out a monthly podcast, and, and, and I was reading and listening to some things that Dan Ryland shared about the succession plan at 12 still in church. My personal mentor, Keith Yoder, also just had a succession in his own ministry, but also just gleaned some information from, from Keith over the years and, and some personal counsel and some personal points. And also a, a gentleman by the name of Patrick Lencioni. Uh, he has some uh, good information that's out there and just really enjoyed cleaning from these different people. Bill Heibel's from Willow Creek Church out in uh, Chicago, just great, great information available. And so having gleaned from these different ministries and, and different individuals, like I mentioned earlier, my intent is to give definition to what we've been experiencing here at at Grace Church since 2020. And these three important insights I really think will help All those, it's been helpful to me to process this information, and and, and I believe it'll be helpful to you to just continue to to keep in mind exactly what's taking place, because I think we all be in agreement, uh, since 2020, a lot of change has taken place uh, in the culture, in the world itself. Much has changed, and much has changed rapidly since 2020, and it's not gonna slow down. There's two things I want you to know about the change there is that, number one, is that it's not going to go back like it was it never will. We can talk about culture. We can talk about churches. They're not going to go back. I remember during the, the COVID shutdown, I hear people saying, I just can't wait till things get back to normal. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's human to want things to go back to normal. But uh, think about normal. I thought about normal before 2020. I thought some of that stuff was pretty vanilla. And I thought, do we really want to go back to that, or do we want to grow in the Lord and, and go on to what he has in store for us to even uh, greener pastures and even greater promises being fulfilled in our lives? And, and so remember that if things aren't going to go back to normal, and changes are gonna become uh, more rapid. I mean, it's just gonna get faster and faster. And so uh, it's something that we need to embrace and, and, and stop fighting it. it it's a, it's a, the season and the time that we're living in. And so let's, let's go ahead and keep those things in mind. But in, in uh, sharing this with you today, I have three important insights that will help us to honor and to embrace the process of succession. Three important ones. And the first one that I wanna share with you, uh, is this, that succession is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's either going to be intentional or it's going to be by default. And it's always best if succession takes place intentionally, well-planned, well-prayed through, well-orchestrated, tons of prayer put into it, and the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing it. So it's always best if it's intentional because it will happen and you don't want it to happen by default that can cause a lot of confusion and a lot of heartache and a lot of pain and so let's let's be mindful of that and let's let's embrace the wisdom of the leadership, uh, not only my leadership, but the Board of Trustees here at Grace Church and, and all, all of you praying, because back in 2020, when I first announced the succession plan, I asked you all to be in prayer about it that the target date was 2024. Could be sooner, could be later. Not exactly, you know, not pinning it down, but that was a target date, was 2024. And so thank you all for praying. We believe that God has been hearing prayers and God has been leading. I'm thankful for the uh, Board of Trustees and their uh, generosity and their willingness to to, to work together and to to flesh this out and, and to be where we are today. So succession is inevitable. It's either intentional or it's by default. Things keep changing, and they always will keep changing. And it's natural to hold on to what's familiar, to what's comfortable, and to what is known. The good news is the anchor you can have in in your heart and in your mind is found in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, where it tells us Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is unchangeable. His love, Jesus is God's love demonstrated to us, and that will never change. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So let's keep Jesus as our anchor. Everything else is subject to change and, and to look different and to feel different. But Jesus Christ and his, his passionate love for all of us, it never, ever changes. He still desires for people to accept him today as much as he did thousands of years ago. He's still very passionate about the lost people coming into a, a vital, living vital relationship with him. And so that's our anchor, Jesus Christ Christ. So just another note concerning succession, that it is inevitable, it's either intentional or it's by default. I want to also just bring out this point that resisting what God is doing, resisting godly succession is to intentionally get stuck and to slowly fade into insignificance. We, can, we have that. It's called the slow fade. and we just, our, our significance contain, uh, just begins to fade because we, we are resisting what God is doing. And we don't want to be caught being resistant to what God is doing. I'm talking to myself as much as anyone else. And so this is therapeutic for me today. So uh, I hope it's therapeutic for you as well. I came prepared. So I hope you are. <laughs> We're not resisting. So number one on important insights on honoring and embracing succession is always know that it's inevitable. It will happen. It will happen. I could just as easily have fought but I felt the Holy Spirit was leading, guiding, and directing. I could have fought and said, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm, I'm, I'm called by God. I'm anointed by God. I'm going to stay here until like Moses until I die. Well, could do that, but is that, best, is that the best plan that God has for reaching Berks and beyond, for reaching the next generations? I remember when I turned 60 years old. I was just a year or two ago. <laughs> It was 10 years ago. I just turned 70 this past March. But I remember when I turned 60, I, I, was, I, I came across a piece of literature. I, I read something or heard something. I forget exactly where I got it from. It said, uh, in the natural, as, as a leader, as a minister of the gospel, you will attract people t- uh, 10 years older than you, which I thought, great. And you will attract people 10 years younger than you. I thought, that's 50 what about people under 50? <laughs> that's, a big, that's a lot of people. And I thought, I'm no longer naturally attracting them and drawing them. And then I remember one day coming into church one Sunday morning and I looked up at the stage and I thought, yep, they're all doing a really nice job. Jeff Held was doing a good job leading worship, but Jeff and the rest of the team up there, they're all grandparents. No, I wasn't. Uh, uh, you weren't. You were old enough to be one. <laughs> You say, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Being a grandparent is a wonderful thing. I'm one myself. What, what's that first impression that puts that, that, that the young person, that the teenager that's coming in to visit the church, and they're looking, for, they're looking for peers, the young adults are looking for some peers that people they can connect with, you know. So it's just little natural things like that. There, there's no certain specific date that says, no, this is it, but there's just certain cultural things we can be conscious of and aware of to be uh, a current and, and to be of significance into reaching the generation's. And then, uh, of course, I remember one summer, uh, Tyler and Megan sat Nancy and I down, and they said, "Uh, here's what you need to do. (laughs) They were both in college, so all of a sudden, they're enlightened. They know how to run the world, right? And so, (laughs) but uh, they pretty much told Nancy and I know on certain terms that we need to go younger. (laughs) So thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Megan. So, nice way of saying, Dad, you're getting old. So number one, succession is inevitable. Number two, always remember we are all God's people. See so why would you say that when it comes to succession? Because in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, can you pull that one up? So guard yourself. This is the Apostle Paul. He's having a a leadership conference at Ephesus, and he's making his closing statements before he's going to get on the ship and sail away. So he's going to do this, and he's he's admonishing the elders there, the leaders of the churches. And he said, guard yourselves, and take care of yourselves. So Pastor Vern, it's good to take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. I want you to notice the the, the verbiage here. First of all, Paul's telling him, guard yourselves and whose people? God's God's people. (laughs) Feed and shepherd whose flock? So we're God's people. We're God's flock. And whose church is it? Pastor Vern's church. Is it going to become Pastor Vern's after it's no longer Pastor Ray's? No, No, it's not Pastor Ray's church. Nor is it going to be Pastor Vern's church. Pastor Vern's going to become the under-shepherd. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. And so I want you to know that you belong to God. You are God's people. You are God's flock. It is his church. People... Always remember, leadership does not own you. They are called and anointed to lead, but not to own. Neither do the people own the leaders. So, the power struggle shouldn't be there. It should all be a flow of the Holy Spirit, worshiping God, singing psalms and hymns with one another, encouraging one another in the Lord. And as Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, singing melodies in your heart to the Lord and submitting to one and other in the Lord. So, we're always to be in submission to one another. So, leaders don't own the people and the people don't own the leaders. We are all responsible to God and to one another. You say, well, who's in charge then if, 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 you know, we're all responsible to one another. Yes, God has ordained leaders. We are to yield to leadership. We are to pray for leadership, spiritual and in government. We are to praying for them, but realize you're not owned by the leaders, nor do the leaders own you. But we are all responsible to one another. If you go through the scriptures, just go through the New Testament scriptures, and you, you start saying, okay, here's what my responsibility is. I'm going to do all the one another's in my life. My goal is to do all the one another. You pray for one another. You serve one another. You love for one another. You care for one another. You provide for one another. There's so many one another's in the scriptures. Uh, you, you restore one another. It's just, it's just filled with, whenever you see that term, one another, what, what's it telling you to do? It's either to pray, to love, to serve, to care for. It, it's just filled with it. So remember... These insights, I believe, are very helpful in, in, in the succession plan. Is that number one, it's, succession is inevitable. Number two, we are all God's people. We belong to Him. Yes, we are responsible to one another, and we are going to fulfill the commandments of Scripture uh, for all the one another Scriptures. And then number three, and this is the one that I want to share with you as, as a congregation, is that uh, you are the difference maker. You are the difference maker. Yes, this succession plan has been in place now for five or six years. That we started working on it behind the scenes, then went public with it. I think it was January 5th of of 2020. Shared the succession plan, invited you to be in prayer about it, that the right person at the right time, God would have that person for us. But you ultimately are the difference maker. Succession, successful succession begins with the readiness. Of the current, these are some highlights now that I gleaned from uh, uh, Patrick Lenzioni and uh, Keith Yoder and Dan Ryland. These are some of the notes from their succession plans that they share with the other ministries. It says that succession, successful succession begins with the readiness of the current leader to embrace the Holy Spirit's leading in appointing the next generation leader. And wisdom will always honor the past. Wisdom lives in the present, and wisdom serves for the sake of the next generation. And that is really the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to reach the next generation. Grace Church is anchored in my generation as the founding lead pastor of Grace Church for uh, uh, 40 years. Uh, So it is anchored in my generation and it's to be led by Pastor Vern's generation for the sake of the next generation. And so it's generational. And Pastor Vern did such an excellent job encouraging us last week to, to, to honor and to bless the generations. Continue to do that and continue to, to, to keep uh, the heart of God in that. And I can assure you, and it's with great comfort that it, it, it's my Honored to be able to share with you today that Pastor Vern and Alicia's vision for the next generation is compelling. It's fueled by a deep commitment and a heartfelt passion within, within them. They're very passionate about their relationship with God, very passionate about the local church, and very passionate about what God wants to do in the local church. So his vision for the next generation, compelling, fueled by deep commitment. Not only Pastor Vern and Alicia, but the current leadership team. You all are so blessed. Nancy and I have been blessed and are blessed. But you don't just have a, uh, a new pastor coming in. But you're so blessed with the current leadership team. Uh, Nathan and his wife Taylor just doing a great job with the worship and audio video ministry and Michael Lanza just uh, just working right with Nathan with uh, the video the live streaming that's available and the online services you know thank God for for Michael and for Nathan what they're doing there just doing a great job Michael and his beautiful wife Angie also are uh, instrumental in, in working with a uh, young adults ministry so just a, a great team Kate Haney's doing an awesome job with student ministry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Give them a great big round of applause. <laughs> Rob and Donna doing an awesome job with Grace Kids Ministry. They're so faithful. They're here week in and week out. And and just making sure that the, all the different classrooms for the children at the various ages, from nursery all the way through fifth grade, I believe it is, uh, that the, 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 you have uh, excellent teachers and just... Just, they're all doing a good job. The house cleaning people, the church is always nice and clean, uh, things you might not even think about, but it, it, it's, it's just great. So we have, we have an awesome team here, uh, small group leaders, hospitality teams, volunteers, ushers, greeters, you name it. I don't want to miss anyone, but just know that there's a good infrastructure here, and we are so blessed to know that things are running smoothly, and we really believe that, yes, succession is taking place, but we believe that uh, if you miss a couple of weeks and you're going to come back, you're not even going to realize anything changed. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Amen? And so always keep that in mind and, and, and look at the blessings and, and just remember all the things that are, that are taking place. So all that's happening. But ultimately, it's the congregation. It's the the people of grace, whether you're here in person or those of you that are are tuning in on a weekly basis online. It's all of us working together. It's you, the people of grace, who carry God's love out of what's happening here, out of this sanctuary. You're the people that take God's love out of this sanctuary into the world. And so you are the difference maker. And when When we all lay down our personal generational preferences. Let me say that again. When we all lay down our personal generational preferences and we pick up a heart of gratitude and a heart to serve others, the result is absolutely beautiful and it's beyond powerful. It really is. It's beyond powerful and it's life-changing. It's life-changing. And Grace Church is with great joy. And if I could use the word proud in a healthy way, to be able to say that Grace Church, you are that church and it's absolutely amazing to have been able to lead and to be able to say on December 10th, Pastor Vern and Alicia are gonna take the helm and they're gonna continue to lead in such an amazing way because you're such an amazing people. Again, much has changed and will continue to change it's not easy. It has not been easy for Nancy and I. It has not been easy for uh, uh, just, it's been a, been a tough process. It's been a really tough process. You try to retire yourself. <laughs> I mean, our politicians can't even do it and they were voted in and voted out. <laughs> but uh, there's, we have, like we say in sports or in, in the natural, we have a lot of skin in the game. There's been a, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears I've gone into this, and uh, Nancy behind the scenes uh, just so much more than many times you all could even recognize, and that I even fail to recognize sometimes. But it's just, and, and even the, the family, you know, just it's just it's been, it's been uh, difficult, but yet rewarding. It's kind of a strange relationship. It can be very, very difficult, and even this uh, succession process. When I first announced it, the Sunday that I announced it, I. I, I Talked about announcing it. I mentioned to the board members, I think I'm going to announce it. I told Nancy that I, I think I'm going to announce it, but I'm not quite sure. And he said, well, why not? I said, because I was afraid to. I thought, that's a commitment. I'm making a commitment to uh, retire myself, put myself out to pasture, so to speak. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, Sunday morning at the very last minute, at the end of the message, I felt, okay, I, I need to do this. I'm going to keep procrastinating on it. And that's not a good thing either. And so I did it. But I'll be honest with you, when I did it, after I did it, I I mean, I plummeted. It was tough. I thought, what did I just do? And I kept fighting through it, but I started realizing through a a, a teaching that I was attending on a, what, what they call it, I forget the word for it now. Zoom, it was a Zoom meeting, because this was during uh, right after we made that decision in January, if you remember March of 2020, the COVID shut down and all the political people. was absolutely horrible. It was the worst year of my life, of, of leadership in my life. Between COVID, between the politics got wrapped up in COVID, to vaccine, no vaccine, masks, no masks, Democrat, Republican, I mean, it was absolutely horrible. And, 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 and the mix in the church was, I mean, it was like... I should have not just announced succession. I should have just quit. <laughs> but it was it was a very tough year for leadership, and not just me. It was it was tough for all leaders. It was tough for you too. It was tough for everyone. So I'm not saying that oh you all had it good, but I had it really bad. But I came to recognize I was sitting in a Zoom meeting through our ministerium because we weren't able to meet in, in, together yet, and, and, and Dr. Jim Johnson was uh, doing the teaching, and. Uh, he was going through and he's giving the different signs of depression. I'm checking, checking, checking. And all of a sudden I started crying. I thought, my gosh, I'm experiencing depression. I've never had that before or never aware of it before. I probably had it before, but wasn't aware of it. That's the first time I became aware of it. I really just like, it, it was very, very difficult. And it just went from bad to worse. It just like I was fighting through it. I mean, I was honest with, uh, you know, the staff. People say, I'm tired. Uh, Vern, uh, Pastor Vern, if you remember the first time you and I met, I started sharing with you. And he started asking me questions. And he's, he's all excited about, uh, you know, the idea of pastoring and even excited about where he's at at Lifeway. And he's, he's asking me all these different questions. And finally, I just said, Vern, there's one thing you need to know. And he said, what's that? I said, you are... Asking a lot of questions of someone that's very tired and burned out, because he was wanting to know, you know, what, 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 you know, what's happening at Grace? What are you all excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about you coming on. <laughs> no sacred cows here. <laughs> Card blanche carte blanche of course then you know what god was doing personally for nancy and i the transition you know people say how did it end up that you ended up in florida we have to like think we're not quite sure how that <laughs> happened <laughs> but we were praying about are we supposed to stay or not stay and uh, in prayer we just felt like it, it's going to be best for pastor vernon and, and it's going to be best for the congregation that if we don't stay and anyways, long as i don't have to go into all the details of that but we ended up uh signing a contract to build a house in florida and so that's that's where we're living now but I, i'm going quickly there's a lot more details in there i just want you to know that it, it, it's been it's been hard and I, I i've been tired i've been purposing in that time of Suffering uh, through that uh, depression type thing, getting some coaching from Dr. Johnson, and uh, he is, he's a, was a counselor. So, I, about three sessions in, I called him and said, Hey, I was listening to your teaching today, and I realized that, wow, I'm, I'm, I, I certainly have symptoms of depression. Can we talk some more? So, we set up a counseling session, a Zoom meeting, and I set up another one. And then, I set up my third one, and then I get a call the day before my third appointment is going to be, and said, so We're sorry to tell you that Dr. Johnson passed away. And uh, I thought, he can't pass away. I have an appointment with him. <laughs> I mean, I'm depressed, and he's helping me. <laughs> but, you know, so anyway, so I just pivoted over to Keith Yoder. I, I, uh, Keith Yoder is another mentor of mine. And so we, we continued to work through it, just continued to to, to be strong in, in the Lord and, and leaning in on the grace of God to just help us really to, to, to continue to process but do keep it continue to keep us in prayer and continue to uh, uh, lift up Nancy and I and, and the family as, as this, I'm not complaining I just want you to know that it's uh, it's not something that's been easy and also recognize that your life is not always easy either and this transition hasn't been easy for all of you uh, some people you know struggle with it more than others but it's inevitable it's inevitable that transitions will take place. And so, and, and I, I'm a firm believer, and I know that you are too, that it's that best if, if they are intentional rather than uh, unintentional. So here's what I wanna share also here in closing. I want you, and this has helped me tremendously, and this is from Patrick Lencioni. Says, I think, could have been from Dan Ryland, doesn't matter, he uh, says, always remember that we are a part of the story, not the point of the story. That was so helpful to me. Nor the end of the story. And I made that personal. Pastor Ray, Grace Church, and God you know, being the founder of Grace Church and Grace Church being here, that is true. I have people tell me, isn't it going to be hard to walk away from that you you are Grace Church and you're the founder of Grace Church and look, you you, you built this building, you have this great facility and isn't it going to be hard to walk away from it? Well, yes and no, but it's really helpful for me to know that I'm not the point of the story. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I'm happy to be a part of the story, but not a point of the story. It's also good news to know that Not the end of the story. Your life as well. You're not the point of the story. So don't make it all about you. Jesus is the point of the story. But you're not the end of the story. So hold loosely to all that God has entrusted to you. And for Grace Church here, we need to hold loosely to what God has entrusted to us. Be accepting of the next Uh, what God has prepared through the leading guiding of his Holy Spirit. Don't be uh, resistance in the Old Testament. He referred to the people of Israel as being stiff-necked. We don't want to be stiff-necked. We want to follow God. God has blessed you. tremendously. God has blessed us as a church with our our, our soon-to-be new pastor president of of, of Grace Church, Pastor Vern. And so uh, God has blessed us, and may all of us continue to grow in his grace and in his love. And remember, Jesus Christ is the foundation. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Love you all. God bless you. Pastor Vern, would you come up and take take the lead from here? Would you welcome Pastor
1: Vern? Thank you. We just thank
0: Pastor Ray one more time for bringing us the word. We love you. Love you too.
1: All the way from Ocala, Florida. He's now a traveling preacher. <laughs> And so we thank you for coming back again. And it's always good to have you back in the house. You're always going to be like a grandparent to, to a lot of people here. And a dad. Yeah. You know? yeah. So he's proud. He's a proud grandpa. Yeah. Amen. Know, he, that's what he was trying to say earlier. Yeah. Um, but he's, you're always going to have yeah. that place. I guess
0: I'm reaping and what so, I sowed absolutely. when I had, that,
1: <laughs> had the
0: grandparent worship team right. put him out to pasture. Now. <laughs> but you know what? Oh, not, not bragging or anything. But when I, when that transition of worship team took place a few years ago, one of my reasons for being, and it was communicated as well. One of the reasons is that in a few more years, I'm going to be following suit. And I didn't want both to take place at the same time.
1: There you go. And so on. Uh, <laughs> Love you, Pastor oh, uh, Anyway, Thank God you. bless you. You listen, I was thinking about. <laughs> Do you all want to stand a while? There you go. Stand up. We're about done. This is what King David said of God. He said in um, Psalm 40, he said, he drew me up from the pit of destruction and out of the miry bog. And he set my feet upon a rock. And that makes my steps secure. Somebody say secure. We have that security that Pastor Ray so eloquently said that when it comes to standing upon the rock, Jesus Christ, right? He is the rock of our salvation. We stand upon him. There is a lot of winds of change. And even in Elisha and i's life as well. You know, change upon change upon change and maybe possibly moving to Berks County soon and looking for a house and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? What? There is one solid rock which we always come home to and always come back to. Sometimes, ten times a day, Jesus Christ is our solid rock. And in him we stand and have our security. And so things will change again. Our adult kids are changing faster than young kids. Man, they're just, you know, you know, new friendships and colleges and on and on and on. And my question for you today before we go as we close this service is always the same. Are you standing upon the solid rock, Jesus Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? And has there been moments of surrender to where you clearly know that no matter what changes, he is not changing because he is is the one that I serve, the one that I love, the one that loves me, and the one who dwells within me. Have you become one with the man, Jesus Christ? Is the Holy Spirit living and moving and dwelling in your heart, in your spirit today? Every eye closed for just a minute. We're going to do it this way today. If you're here today, we like to do this just to give you a personal moment. So you can think about it if you need to. Pray about it if you need to. Now you're not thinking about your neighbor. You're thinking about your soul. Is Jesus Christ Lord of my life? Have I done that? Have I said that? We would love to pray with you today, and that's all we're going to do to help you get launched. If you're here today, we'd love for you to raise your hand so we can pray with you to say, I want to stand upon that solid rock, Jesus Christ. I'm not sure about my commitment. I see you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise your hand and say, Jesus Christ needs to be my solid rock. The winds that do not change. I see you, brother. I see you back there. Good, good. Let's all pray together, shall we? On behalf of these few people that raised their hands. And if you're online, type it in there. We're praying for you as well. Let's all pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I want to thank you today. That you are the solid rock on which I stand. And you never change. You're the author of salvation. And it's for me. I declare you, Lord. I repent of all my sins. And I choose today to live my life your way and according to your will and Holy Spirit fill me completely in the Jesus name all God's people said amen and we applaud those who said yes to Jesus If you're new to to journeying with Jesus and and brand new to this, even if it's not today, but more recently, we have a book that we love to give you. We call it The Next Step Station. It's called Following Jesus. It's a book about the basic tenets of Christianity. we love to send that home with you. Or if you have a family member that is new to following Jesus, we'd love to send that home with you. Just stop by and get it. we love if you're new to Grace Church. We'd love to know more about you. We'd love if you just send us a Connect card, again, at The Next Step Station. Or if you want to scan that bar code right in front of you and then one of the seat backs in front of you you can scan that let us know a little bit about you but more than that how we can pray with you and journey with you and be part of your life if you would like that No pressure, of course. And finally, after we close in one final song with our wonderful worship team, we would love to pray with you today. Anything that Pastor Ray spoke about or anything else that came up, anything that you're going through, we have prayer teams. They're usually right here, sometimes over here. We would love to join with you in praying what is going on in your life. How can we journey with you to believe God for his best? Amen, somebody. Let's just pray a benediction. I don't know how to close services like this sometimes because my brain is going, what else should I say? But God, we pause one more time to say thank you and to declare that you are Lord, you are Savior, and upon you we put our trust and our hope for all things future, and we stand upon the solid rock, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You ready to worship one more time? Me too. Thank you, team.